grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. This is the first Sunday in Lent, and with the first Sunday in Lent, our focus for the next 40 days is going to be on the suffering and death of our Savior and all that, what that means for us. In fact, we're going to consider this morning the beautiful words from actually the Old Testament, hearing about God testing Abraham in his faith. And we're going to learn uh, more about when it comes to looking and focusing on the suffering and death of our Savior, we do so with a believing heart and what that heart looks like. Our first lesson for this first Sunday in Lent is found recorded in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, chapter 22, beginning at the first verse. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He called to him, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham answered, I am here. God said, now take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains there, the one to which I direct you. Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, along with Isaac, his son. Abraham split the wood for the burnt offering. Then he set out to go to the place that God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go on over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and loaded it on Isaac, his son. He took the fire pot and, and the knife in his hand. The two of them went on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, I am here, my son. He said, Here are the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them went on together. They came to the place that God had told him about. Abraham built the altar there. He arranged the wood, tied up Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. The angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham said, I am here. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham looked around and saw that behind him there was a ram caught in the thicket by its horn. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. So it is said to this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, I have sworn by myself, declares the Lord, 
because you have done this thing and not withheld your son, your only son, I will bless you greatly and I will multiply your descendants greatly. Like the stars of the sky and like the sand on the seashore, your descendants will take possession of the city gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. The word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. What then shall we say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Indeed, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also graciously give us all things along with him? Who will bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Jesus Christ, who died, and more than that, was raised to life, is the one who is at God's right hand and who is also interceding for us. What will separate us from the love of Christ? Will trouble or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Though in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor rulers, neither things present or things to come, nor powerful forces, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord. Our gospel is taken from Mark chapter 1 beginning at the 12th verse. The Spirit immediately sent Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels were serving him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. The time is fulfilled, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the Old Testament, it is the book of Genesis, chapter 22, verse 1. Since I just read this long section, I just want to open with these words from these, this beautiful text. Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. So it is said to this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I've always struggled with the saying, and every time someone tells me, I, I always, in the back of my mind, wonder, what does that really mean? And the saying is this, I have a strong faith. What does it mean to have a strong faith? I've even been told by people that, Pastor, you must have a strong faith, and you know, you preach the Word of God, and, and you read the Bible, and, and clearly you believe all this stuff. So you must have a strong faith. And yet I think of the words of Jesus, who spoke of a faith the size of a mustard seed. And if you had that kind of faith, 
then you would be able to move mountains. And I haven't been moving mountains. So, how strong is one's really faith? Is it because you say it's strong? Does that make it strong? Or is it when you say that you have a strong faith, that does that mean that you don't need to grow in your faith anymore because your faith is strong enough? So again, what does it mean that I have a strong faith? Would you say that Abraham had a strong faith? He's called the father of all believers. In fact, a few chapters before this one, it's even said to us that through faith, righteousness was credited to him. He certainly was a believer, but did he have a strong faith? Or what kind of faith did he really have? And if he did have a strong faith, then why would God test him? Now, God is not testing Abraham simply because he needs to see if Abraham has a strong faith. Because faith is a gift of God. God knows his heart. God knows everything. God knows our hearts. God knows what kind of faith we have. So why would the Lord God test Abraham? No doubt to strengthen his faith, but if he has a strong faith, how much more stronger does it need to really get? You see, when, when God tests people, he doesn't do it for the sake of... <coughs> for that person to prove to God that he's worthy. That when God tests people, he's really teaching them. And that ultimately he was teaching Abraham and really all of us that not only has God called us to believe in him, but really to believe in him above all things. And that's why God was testing Abraham. Now what God is about to ask Abraham to do is going to be quite alarming. In fact, you might find it extremely upsetting. Why would God say and do such a thing? Remember, it is God who's telling us that Abraham is being tested. Abraham doesn't himself know he's being tested yet. And the Lord is preparing us what he's about to say to Abraham. And we're told that he's doing this sometime later, our text opens with. And the words right before this text is Abraham building a well down south of, of, way south of Jerusalem, which at the time was called Salem, and in an area that Abraham himself will call Beersheba. It's actually at this time being controlled by the Philistines but he had a good relationship with them at that time. And he stayed in this area for many years. So after he got done with the well, here God comes and, and tests him and says these specific words. Now take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains there, the one to which I direct you. A number of things to unfold. First and foremost, we're said that Isaac is his only son. Actually, he did have another son. It was Ishmael, and, and that was through another woman, Hagar, used to be the handmaiden of Sarah. 
So when we speak of Isaac being the only son, it is true, the only son of Sarah, his wife. And remember, she was even well past the age of childbearing and had been barren. Isaac was a pure miracle. Another thing to note as well is it was Isaac, not Ishmael, that would receive the promise of the Messiah, that he would be next in line in the line of the Savior to come. And now God is saying to take that one son, the one son he had with his only wife, and the one son who's in the line of the Savior, and now offer him as a burnt offering. This is a whole burnt offering. This is an offering where you take the animal and the entire animal is burnt up. This is not a sacrifice where someone walks away from. This is a sacrifice that meant that in this sacrifice, the person was completely dedicated to God. And now he's being asked to take his son and offer him. God has never asked for human sacrifices. This seems so out of character for God to even offer this. And then to go to the land of Moriah, Oh, going to Moriah, we're told in Chronicles that this is where the temple, King Solomon built the temple. At Jesus' time, this was known as Mount Zion. And he was supposed to go there. In order to go there, that was going to be a 50-mile trip at least. And in fact, it would take three days just to get there. Can you imagine? Because I struggle to imagine how every day, for three days, knowing that God had commanded him to offer his son as a burnt offering to the Lord. And yet, Abraham got up to do just that. Early the next morning, he prepared the wood. He would place it on a donkey. He would take two servant boys. He took Isaac. He took the fire. He took the knife. And he headed out to the land of Moriah where he would sacrifice his son. When he got to the, when he got to the place that, that he was ready to go up the mountain, he would separate Isaac from the servant boys and told the servant boys to stay with the donkey and, and he put the wood on Isaac and carried the knife and the fire and the two of them would go up. And then he said something very unique. Abraham said, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go on over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. We will come back to you? If he's to offer Isaac as a burnt offering, then there's only one that's going to be coming back. Why would he say, we will come back? And here's where it's extremely important to understand that let the Bible interpret itself. Use easier passages to explain the harder ones. And we go and learn in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament where the writer, through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, declared this. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered Isaac. This man who received the promises was ready to offer his only son about whom it was said, through Isaac your offspring will be traced. 
He reasoned that God also had the ability to raise him from the dead, and in a figurative sense, Abraham did receive him back from the dead. So Abraham, this whole time with a believing heart, is trusting in the fact that the Lord is asking him to do this. So instead of complaining and grumbling and back-talking and questioning God or even yelling at God and saying, why me? Instead, he took God at his word, always knowing that God would keep his promises and he will provide. How painful it must have been as they were walking up the mountain and Isaac turns and looks at his father and says, we have the wood, we have the fire, we have the knife, but where's the, where's the lamb for the sacrifice? And all, he would, and all he would say to his son is, the Lord will provide. When he got to the top, he made the altar, he put the wood on top of it, he bound up his son, and he raised his hand with the knife to strike him dead. Would you say that Abraham has a strong faith? I would have to say it's more than that. And even though I wrestle with the idea of a strong faith, if you're going to argue that he has a strong faith, then you have to include that this is the kind of faith that God has given him, the kind of faith that the Holy Spirit, working through the Word of God, has granted him, and that is a faith to have complete obedience to the word. What God said, I will do. Because God's word is God's word. Because God's word is the absolute truth. And anything contrary to the absolute truth is wrong and a lie and an error. He held obediently to God's word. If God says it, we do it. If God says it, we believe it. There's no grumbling, there's no complaining, there's no back-talking, there's no questioning God, because this is God's word. Therefore, my dear friends, take to heart his promises. When Abraham was ready to strike his son, we're told that the angel of the Lord called out Abraham, Abraham, and stopped him. Now the question is, who is this angel of the Lord? The word angel, which literally means messenger, is could be just like any of the angels, like, like a Gabriel, and, and, and an angel that carries out God's holy will in serving mankind, a created being, a spirit. But the word angel of the Lord is also used in Scripture, like at the burning bush, when Moses would ask, the angel of the Lord, to reveal who he is. And he says, I am. You tell the people, I am is sending you. I am who I am. He is the great I am. He is the Lord Almighty. He is our Savior God. This is the Lord Savior, the Son of God, before he has taken on human flesh to be our Savior. So which angel is it? Let's hear what he says. Do not lay your hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Not from the Lord, but from me, the Lord. This is the very Savior God. And then, when the Lord spoke, 
he looked up and saw a ram in the thicket, caught by its horns. He went and took that ram and offered it as a sacrifice instead of his son. And then this very angel of the Lord wouldn't even stop there. He continued, coming a second time, calling from heaven. I have sworn by myself, declares the Lord. The Lord makes an oath with Abraham. The Lord God Almighty would humble himself in such a way as to make an oath that he's going to hold to, make a promise that he won't break. Because what God swears, he will keep. And he makes such an oath. He holds himself to it. And here's the promise. Because you have done these things and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will bless you greatly and I will multiply your descendants greatly like the stars of the sky and like the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the city gates of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. These are words that Abraham has heard a number of times. And the Lord declares it to him again to assure him that this is the Savior God. He promised that his descendants would be many. He promised that his descendants would one day live on this very land. And he promised that through Isaac the Savior would come because we have the beautiful messianic promise tied up in these words, in your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And in Christ Jesus, we are all blessed. Many feel that Isaac being bound, and we hear no words from him, no hollering or screaming in any way, that he seemed to have been placed on that altar in complete silence. And therefore, many see Isaac here in this story as a type of Christ, as a shadow of the Savior. And in some believe that the ram is more so because he took the place of Isaac, and so he must be a type of Christ. He must be a shadow of the Savior. I am one who is very careful to not start assuming that things are a type of Christ unless the Bible specifically says it. And I find no place in Scripture that it actually says it. But I can say this for sure, that the very Savior, the very angel of the Lord, our Son of God himself, the very one who was testing Abraham's faith is the very one who took on human flesh to be our Savior, the very one who was tempted by Satan and defeated Satan with God's word, the very one who did not sin and therefore offered that perfect sacrifice on the cross for the sins of the world, the very one by that sacrifice and perfect life won for us the most precious gift that any of us could ever have, a gift we can't live without, and it is a gift of God alone. And that is the forgiveness of sins. And where there's forgiveness, there's the hope of everlasting life. This is the Savior who is our substitute, who took our place, paid for our sins, and said it is finished because he paid for them in full. So my dear friends, would you say, 
that Abraham has a strong faith? Whether you want to use those words or not, one thing's for certain is God granted him not just a complete obedience to the word, but an absolute assurance to God's mercy and grace. Therefore, my dear friends, during this Lenten season, as we prepare our hearts and minds with eyes focused on the cross of Christ, and knowing that there Jesus offered himself as the atoning sacrifice, do so with a believing heart. And know that the Holy Spirit is working in your heart, not out of thin air, but working through the word and working in you a heart that has complete obedience to the word and absolute assurance of his mercy. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.